0: a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. In John chapter 14, verse 27, it says, peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace that I give you. I do not give it as the world gives. Do not be worried and upset and do not be afraid. Those are the words of Jesus. Today we're going to be talking about true hope, true hope for the hopeless. If you feel a little on the hopeless side, or you've gone through a period in your life where you felt hopeless, or maybe you feel that way today, you have come to the right place and the right show. We're going to have an hour of church today with my friend, Dr. Tim Walsh and Pastor Kevin Saunders. They've been friends for a long time, and I'll let you uh, hear about their friendship uh, coming up in just a few minutes. But if you are in need of hope, know that God loves you, God cares about you, and God wants to hear, and answer your prayers. So, uh, Tim, Kevin, welcome.
1: Thank you, Bill. Thank you so much for
0: allowing us to be here. I am so delighted you guys are here. So let's set the stage for what our hour is going to be all about. Tim, I'm looking your direction. Why don't you get us started?
2: Yeah, so let's, first of all, talk about, Bill, you know, something that Kevin and I have dealt with throughout our whole careers, and even in some of our ministry together, and that is that right now, the new pandemic is a pandemic of despair. And you know we have worked with i've worked in maximum security prison we've worked with people coming out of prison out of jails uh we've worked uh, from people coming uh i've worked in psychiatric wards uh worked in with people who are absolutely homeless uh they have they're jobless uh the people that we have worked with they often have a bag of clothes and that's all they're down to and they may maybe down to one person in their entire lives uh that support them and they're suffering not just from addictions and these other issues, uh, they also have serious mental health issues and so on. And the only reason that we bring that up, first of all, is is, is, that, is that is what we do together. But uh, we could give you study after study, experience after experience, story after story of those folks finding hope. And one of the things that Kevin and I wanted to bridge to in our experience here is that that's not just those folks that need hope. It's a pandemic of despair. We right now all need hope. And right now, as, as, as you and I have talked about before, uh, anxiety is off the charts, especially with the younger generations, but with a lot of folks. Uh, people are struggling with mood disorders, with depression that's leading to despair. And, and Kevin and I were talking about, uh, Reverend Saunders and I were talking about that, that despair comes from a lack of a will to live And or a lack of a will to try. And that's what we want to get to. And I just, we just wanted to reach out right now and know and let people know that uh, we know that everyone is struggling in some sense with that sense of desperation, that sense of helplessness of the situation that they may be in, what they've just gone through, maybe perhaps in the last three years. And we wanted to get that out. We want to talk about not just eternal hope, but eternal hope that is applies to today, that it's got to be real hope in order for a person's spirit to receive that hope. If it's not real hope, if it sounds like a snake oil salesman or a pipe dream, or if we put out there something that doesn't apply to life right here, right now, that people are not going to then receive that hope. And so that's what we want to do is we want to translate uh, all of the circumstances that people have gone through, even things that Kevin and I are going through through now in our lives and 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 just let people know that that eternal hope that we have in Jesus Christ is also uh, a true hope, a real hope, a, a hope for today
1: absolutely
0: Kevin isn't it awesome we can journey together Absolutely, yes, yes our yes. brother Tim and you Praise me God we God can be that. journeying together.
1: Yeah, I, I was sharing with Tim um, as we were preparing to come on today, Bill. That you know, my journey has been one, and I'm 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 one that's thankful to, to the Lord for His deliverance. Hmm. So it was in 1989 that uh, I was delivered from addiction, uh, in the streets of Washington D.C. And I want to just share that there you can people can go from a space of having hope or being in hope to a place of hopelessness which I did, and then back to hope again. So I want, I, I want to really express that as Tim was talking about um, the, the offering that Christ brings us of hope, that wherever we are today does not mean the end result. It, it always looks to Christ uh, at the end of the day. So what, whatever we're going through, Uh, Whatever our state of mind might be, at a given time, we can't give up. We have to look for something Mm. outside of ourselves. Um, One of the challenges that I faced during that period of hopelessness uh, was I no longer wanted to get up and do anything. Mm. Wow. I lost that energy.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I just didn't have... The mojo, as some people would say, to just get up and let's go do this, right? And 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 to be revived, uh, to be given that again in life, you know, it was just—it's a miracle. It's only something that that Christ can do through deliverance. Mm-hmm. So I want people to hear that—that that from me—that I can sit here all these years later, almost forty years now, and say. Through Christ I was delivered, and now I have a hope that springs eternal. And that just, to me, should resonate. Um, there, there, there are many things that we could refer to uh, when we think about hopeless or being hopeless. But I was sharing this morning that I drove by a main intersection, and I saw sitting there a woman in a wheelchair, with a sign on her chest, mother of four children, European descendant woman, who said, help, please help. How did did we get to that place? That we're here in the USA, and there's a person, a woman, sitting at an intersection on a wheelchair with a sign on her chest. Please help. Hmm. And it makes me think that we, the body of Christ, have a lot more work to do with regard to sharing our deepest inner secrets, our deepest stories about who Hmm. we are. Because unless we're able to share that I've had this point of hopelessness, then who else will share that? How will people stand up and say, I too was there one day?
0: Mm-hmm. Well stated. I'll throw in something that I read a couple of days ago. When I thought this is kind of interesting. Robin Williams uh, was in a conversation with uh, Sam Neill, who was another actor, and he remembered the great chats he shared with the late comedian when they worked together. And he described him as irresistibly, outrageously, irrepressibly, gigantically funny, but noted that he seemed inconsolably solitary and deeply depressed. He had fame. He was rich. People loved him. He had great kids. The world was his oyster. And yet I felt more sorry for him than I can express. He was the loneliest man on a lonely planet. Yeah. No, that's right. I mean, you talk about, Tim, the epidemic of loneliness.
2: hmm
0: Yeah. And, and, and think about that,
2: you know, Bill and, and Kevin is, uh, in, in our field of treatment and recovery, we say that there is, that one of the number one issues is stigma. And, well, we have a word for that right out of the Bible, and actually it's shame. And when we're going through really hard times, when we are feeling desperate, when we are going through the pain that I've been describing, uh, the way shame translates is we try to run from it, we try to hide, we try to cover up, we try to put on the happy face. And that's that, that, that clown face. It's the clown face. Uh, it's usually people who've had some tragic backgrounds and experiences that make the best comedians but that's and it comes out of their pain mm-hmm. out of their out of their suffering and and just think about that happy face that they're putting on and putting out there and that's actually one of the things that we're trying to penetrate here we're trying to say hey folks uh We have to become open, become vulnerable, become transparent. We have to reach out. And unless we do that, we're not breaking through that barrier of shame. You know, I was even thinking, like, when you look at, you know, the, when we, when we see that after our, our parents, Adam and Eve had fallen, they run, they hide, they conceal, they shame, they blame. That's how they respond to that feeling of shame. And they become utterly isolated, uh, in that. And what did the father want? In that situation, run to, to me. me. Yes. And yeah, don't don't sit there in your shame. Don't try to try to cover your sin. Don't try to cover your pain. Don't try to cover the fact that that now our relationship there's this huge rift. But come to me. Come to me right away. And that's that's like the first step of breaking through that. Don't put on the happy face. Don't put on the clown face like Robin Williams literally did. Don't hide and cover up uh, in the way that we're prone to. But reach out. Reach out to people. And what you'll find is that we we all carry those kind of burdens. And then we can actually have that fellowship uh, with each other. The Bible says that one verse that's easy to remember, that we can comfort other people with the comfort with which we have been comforted. Yeah. Comfort other people with the comfort for which we've been comfortable. Well, that would mean we need to talk about the pain that we've gone through, which is what Kevin and I do as friends all the time. We share with each other a pain and we get real with each other. And and I think that that's what pushes through that shame. And then, and then that shame becomes, you know, I even say this with my clients, Bill. No blame, no shame, no blame, no shame. And I don't mean that they should need to make excuses. What I mean is don't get sucked into your guilt and shame and then start punishing yourself in a way where you become totally isolated from that. You become detached from other people because you're doing that to yourself. When God is saying, no, 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 that feeling that I put within you is a feeling of come to me and, and having an image of God, where you know that He's He's standing there
1: with arms open wide, ready to receive you in your pain. Yes. So, false personas. Let, let, let's, as three men, talk about what does the macho false persona as a man of God look like, and and how behind that curtain we have trauma, we have pain, we have. Hopeless. Each of us. We've been there. Every one of us has done that. And so the challenge is, as we encounter this conversation, how how do we actually ask our brothers to stand and say, pull away the false persona of, I got this all together. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm this man of stature. I have... All the things that everybody says a man of God should have, and I'm, I'm dealing with life and the way. But then there's this emptiness, there's this place where people have been hurt by that very individual and cause the feeling of hopeless. How many of us have experienced those thoughts, those mm-hmm. feelings as a result of encountering someone who who's just got it all together? you know we, we and we we're so good at that and 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 putting on his images, these images and not showing any vulnerability. One of the things I've learned about Jesus is his tenderness. we We don't talk about the tenderness of Jesus enough that that literally he, he, he never put on this macho image that he's the big bad guy even though he was the biggest bad guy <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. it just it just is something that we could think about and dwell on so what i'm really getting at tim is that uh, how do we get into that psychology why people think that way why do they feel all
0: right yeah, we'll pick up again. we'll pick that up after the break I am so glad to be here with Dr. Tim Walsh and Pastor Kevin Saunders. You can learn about Kevin at linc.org. And Tim is the uh, Chief of Behavioral Health at North Star Regional Treatment and Recovery Center. So glad to have them both here. If you have a question or comment so far, you can let me know what it is, 877-933-2484. True Hope for the Hopeless. That is our topic today with Dr. Tim Walsh and Pastor Kevin Saunders. And these gentlemen have been friends for a long time, done a lot of ministry together, have encountered a lot of people in hopeless situations. And they've got tons of stories where people went from hopelessness to hope. And we know the source of that hope, which is Jesus Christ. So, Tim, let's start talking about the mindset a little bit.
2: Yeah, and and I... I want to get into. I'm going to talk about the mindset of despair, but not so that we can dwell there, folks, but that we can look at it, confront it, uh, and then replace that with hopeful, true, hopeful, true statements to ourselves. And so, the first mindset, you know, that Kevin was asking about is just like uh, what what goes into that mindset of despair. Well, first of all, is whatever that you're going through. Whatever challenge that you're having, you start to say, say to yourself, well, this is because something's fundament, fundamentally wrong with me. This is personal. This is personal. And, and, of course, I think that the way we combat that is that the Lord gets us outside of ourselves and he starts having us focus outside of ourselves in, in, a, in a way where we know, know everyone goes through this. And then we start connecting with each other. And the next, the next mindset that we tend to get into is, and these are all P's, so you can remember them, is pervasive, is even when we have one thing going on in our lives, you know, Bill, you had said, you know, that we're only as happy as the, as the unhappiest person in our life. I think that's a true thing, but we take, we take the, the thing that is going on and then we focus on as if, that everything is going bad and everything will continue to go bad for me. And that's the mindset that we get in. And so instead of saying, okay, this is not everything, then we start praying about that. And the Lord reminds us, you know, of the things where he is present in our life, where he is moving, where he is active. And the last thing in the mindset of despair is we start to believe this is, this is the way it's going to be. So the last P is permanent. We start to believe that it's going to be permanent. And of course, we know that our sufferings are not going to be permanent. We know that our loss and grief is not going to be permanent. We know that we have hope that that's for eternity. And actually that hope for eternity becomes hope for today because we know that God's promises, his blessings are true, not just in eternity, eternity, but for right now. But that's what goes along with that is it's called learn helplessness. But just we just feel like there's nothing that we can do about it and, and there's no way that we can change it and that it's just going to go on and on and on and that no matter what we do, it's going to land in the same place. Well, that's what we want to get to is we want to talk about, okay, that's the despair mindset, but there's a way out of that. There's a way out of that. That hope is real. There's a way out of that. Uh, there's a why for why we, could be, why we can be hopeful and we can get a want uh, a want. Those are the three Ws: the the why, the way, and the want. And of course, that's through Christ, but it's also the way of Christ to, to get out of
1: that despair mindset.
0: So good, Doctor Tim Walsh, Kevin. I know you got something to say
1: to that. Absolutely. So I would share that in a practical sense, from just where I come from on the street and living with people who are in the state of hopeless. It's misinformation. This misidentity, so we keep seeing and hearing we are this thing that we aren't. We we keep doing things that don't truly inform us of the being of who we are and the created being and who we are in life by God. And and those things perpetuate the behaviors that you talked about, Tim. They they continually cause us to fall into this cycle of acting out. Uh, one of the things that we talk about. Uh, in addiction and and recovery treatment processes, is that changing behaviors is one of the most difficult parts. Mm -hmm. So we can learn um, all of the steps, what we need to do, but those behaviors that we've fallen into in life, and that's a lot of times where people don't realize that they're they're, they're, they're micro steps, I'll call them. Mm. That's good. They're micro steps that lead us into bad behavior, away from who we really are. So this this getting drifting to this place of hopeless is is really a, a process of not understanding who I am, mm-hmm. who I be. I, I use it, the eubonic. I say who I be <laughs> is, is that I, I be the created being that that God made. Right, so we don't get that; we don't understand it, and it it, it just causes us to be in a trap, if you will. Yeah, we could spend the rest you know.
0: of the hour on that. Yes, I mean, that I alone is the incremental steps towards despair and hopelessness, and there's also the in- incremental steps towards joy and peace. Right. Mm-hmm. It's which direction you're going. Yeah. No, so, no. No. Wow. I
2: just my mind just lit up when when Reverend Saunders was talking about that which is this. We say that the Bible does focus on hope. Mostly, uh, it focuses in on the fact that we have eternal hope, the hope for eternal life. But Kevin went exactly where I believe that we should go, which is the hope is in a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. And by the way, it says that Jesus Christ took us with him to the cross, and therefore we— can also be dead to our sin. And then in further in, in Romans 6, it goes on to talk about that we were implanted in him. I love that word, implanted in him, which means he took us with us. Where? Read the end of the story. He's seated at the right hand of the Father in glory, in power, right? All glory and power and honor is now his, right? And so then connect that to now. I'm in him even now? Yes, I am. Yes, you are. Yes, Absolutely. I am. And that, that's who I am, and so then I, on hope, I can't see that right now, because that's what hope is. about. Well, if you could see it, it's not hope, right? But now I act in faith on who I be. Mm-hmm. I act in faith on who I be. That means I am in Christ, and he's in me, and I am I am a son of God, right, because of that. And I am in Christ with him. So in who I be, that's who I be. Now in I Christ. start... And Absolutely. now, and now I start acting on that. And when I acting, when I start acting on that identity, guess what starts to happen? You start to see things change. change. You see yourself change. You see other people's change. You see relationships change. So I just love how you connected that to hope has to be connected to a behavior Absolutely. that leads us out of that despair. Thank
0: you. So good. So good. All right, we're going to come up against a break here, so we're going to uh, step aside just for a second. And we're going to come back and continue talking about true hope for the hopeless. Maybe you've been in that position before. Maybe you're there right now. Maybe you know someone. and You can pass this podcast on because there is hope. And we're going to talk more about that when we come back. If you want to download our Faith Radio app, we've actually made it easier. All you have to do is text the word APP. That's A-P-P to 877-933-2484. we'll send you a nice little secure link that you're going to be able to download and listen to your favorite faith radio shows anytime. And I hope my show is one of them. All right, we'll be right back with Dr. Tim Walsh and Pastor Kevin Saunders in just a minute.
2: Afternoon show with Bill Arno. Drive
1: time, drive time, let's get it started. Jump in your car, what's for dinner? It's the Afternoon Show with Bill Arno.
0: We're talking about True Hope for the Hopeless today with Dr. Tim Walsh and Pastor Kevin Saunders. Those two gentlemen have been friends for a long time and have done a lot of ministry together. They have a lot of great, incredible stories of people going from hopelessness to hope, and I love that. Tim, let's review the three Ws of hope. Yeah, this is it. And by the way, this
2: comes out both out of the Bible and out of research of what actually works to increase hope. And the first thing, the first W, is the will. And and when just you know when you feel like what Kevin was talking about, where you can't even get yourself out of bed, you know, you hear the word will. Um, well, here's an interesting idea right out of the Bible. It says, with fear and trembling, we're supposed to work out our salvation. But what's the next, what's the next sentence? For it is God who is at work within you to will and to do. Okay. Where do you practically, where do you go with that? Do I know that God wants good things for me? Yes. Do I know that God wants me to start moving in that direction as Kevin's talking about? Yes. Do I know that God can actually, through His Holy Spirit, fill me with the power to even take that step out of the bed and and get my legs moving in the right direction towards the things that are going to start bringing life back into my life? Yes. So that's just a different way of looking at will. It's not willpower. It's the power to will. It's not willpower. It's the power to will. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I hear you saying it's the word. The Greek word elpo, L-P-O, mm-hmm. expectation. That's right. So if there is no expectation, the, the actual, the inkling of hope cannot come to fruition. Right. So, so I'd like you to just so that where that's where it really begins, isn't it? That yeah. the the hope begins when there is some expectation. That's right.
2: That's right in fact, you know there's even a neurochemical basis for hope bill, which is that uh when we have this expectation, this prediction about the future that it's going to be better than today, guess what starts to happen. Uh, that neurochemistry in our body and our brain starts to actually fuel Mm. that motivation to start moving in that direction. And it's all based upon an expectation that God wants good things for me, better things for me, and then I start getting the ability to move in that direction. So it's both a spiritual phenomenon that results in a neurochemical change to our body and our brain
1: to anticipate hope, to anticipate a better future. Amen. So that really speaks to me because I recognize that we as we encounter individuals and I I just want to want to name names but I want to just say I've encountered um I'm thinking about a young woman who has been through all kinds of trauma in her life and then there's a point in time where she had reached the the bottom like I'm and then th- suddenly there was a light that came on in, inside of her head that said I can do better than this. Mm-hmm. Now, when we introduce Christ to that person, it's like adding rocket fuel, <laughs> because there's there's this there's this there's this thing that's going on. The natural thing, one of the things about humans is that what I find in our society right now that maybe I don't know if you guys agree or not, but um. You heard of hope Springs eternal mm-hmm. it's like a natural thing that every human has been wired but now in this age for some reason, it's almost like the, the batteries lacking energy mm-hmm. The pe- people don't necessarily understand or they don't understand know the source of, of, of hope anymore and 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 it's become ambiguous. So as I as I all I want to just highlight is that we as we narrow down and talk about Christ being the way, the truth, and the light, that we can t- say it to the entire world that if wherever your faith may have you going, the difference in Jesus is that He's the rocket fuel. Yeah. And if we could just help people to recognize, are you there? You reached that point you're saying to yourself it's i want to do better Mm -hmm. than just pouring a little bit of jesus that rocket fuel
2: yeah yeah i actually you started talking about jesus being the way and and i get really concrete on that and it's this i i actually ask my clients things like um first of all do you believe if you follow the way that you're learning in this program which is a very simple spiritual program uh do you believe it'll work and they say yes i said let's test that and we start going through, do you believe you could start every day with the attitude of gratitude? They say yes. Great. Do you believe that actually every day you can actually be of service to other people? Step 12, right? Can you be of service to people every day? Yes, I can. Yeah, I think I can do that. Do you believe that actually you can you know, praise or give that Thanksgiving out Yes, I can. Do you believe that you can learn how and practice both prayer and meditation? Meditation on the truth, by the way. Yes, I can. And I keep going with that. I keep going with the way, which are the spiritual practices, the, the way of life that Christ actually taught us. Do you think you can live a life more of simplicity? Yes, I, yes, I, yeah, I think I can do that. Wonderful. And I just keep going with that. Do you, do you think that you can actually celebrate, which is also called worship, right? Do you believe you can celebrate things? Is everyone ever here able to do that, especially if you're empowered by the Spirit? And they say yes. So what I've just demonstrated is that the way not only works, but the way is available to you. The way will work for you. It's now personal. And when they see that, they go, oh, that's what we're talking about here? You can do that every day? Yes. Can you do that moment by moment? Yes. So you got to believe, first of all, that there is a way
0: and that the way works. Absolutely. You were very invitational doing that, Tim. As I was listening to you, I thought, I'm willing to say yes to everything. (laughs) (laughs) So where do I sign up for this thing? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, But it's an important step. It is. And if you present it simply and let people respond accordingly, they realize it's not as hard as they think.
2: No, that's right, and, and 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 so the and then the more you know, so the so now we we have uh, well we actually started with the who which is Jesus and that we are in Him and we are therefore that's who we be right so that we start with that W but then we went on to that that where does the power to will come from. And, and where that and, and it can come from uh, I don't want the way live the way I am, and I want to live in a different way. And then we got to the way. but then, then the last one is the why. and I, I think you probably heard that saying before Bill and Kevin, which is anybody who has a why for their life can actually withstand or get through any what? And so yes. that yes. Yeah. yes And so the, so the why, the why is this. We also need to see that we have not just a unique design as a person, but everyone has a unique purpose. And that unique purpose is actually a calling. And that calling is an everyday thing. And when you have a why for living, then and then you then you have that will to live. And so the why, uh you know, the the, the Greek word for there is as is telos, is, is having a purpose to life. And and, and and even that seems like out of reach for folks. Uh, but I, the way I and I get real concrete, real specific, real personal on that is I'll say, okay, if your life starts moving in this direction and your life starts transforming, um, do you think you could bring that to people that you love? Yes. Great. Do you think that maybe you are the person to tell that story and to live that life and to show them that this is possible? Well, yes, I do. Do you think I'm going to do it? No, because I'm not from your neighborhood and Absolutely. I'm not from your family, right? And so then it gets real personal and they start going, wow, there's a reason why I am this person at this time in this place with these people. That's concrete, isn't it? That's purpose. I can actually bring that hope, the fact that my life has been transforming in these different ways, and that power of that testimony to other people. So then you have a why.
1: Yes. It manifests the, the power of Christ's multiplication, really, in disciples, because each person's lived experience, and I use I use that lived experience, because each person's lived experience will will be a testimony to someone else, and how they begin a new journey. And so, what one, one of the challenges that we 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 always encounter in recovery process, you remember from the Empowering Adults program, we began with self discovery. Who am I? And the moment we begin, we start. Who does God say we I am? How do I love myself? What's most mm-hmm. important to me? What's our What are the What are the things, the characteristics that God gave me? What are the attributes? Mm-hmm. So people have lived in this behavior of misidentification or misinformation for so long that they've forgotten about the God given gifts and talents, the 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 things that they do. That some people can play a ukulele or actually play a flute and never knew where where it came from. Some people can dance and sing. And so they have all these amazing gifts and talents that are, are really given to them to serve others. And they don't come to manifest themselves until the person is prompted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so what you're talking about that, why is the thing is the stimulus that gets them up and moving and causes them to move forward. So, what we're essentially saying is that the hope is seated in who you really are, who, who you're designed to be by God. I hope nobody hands me a
0: ukulele in fear that I might be able to play it. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, not my purpose. <laughs> yeah, my, my guests are Pastor Kevin Saunders and Dr. Tim Walsh. We're talking about true hope for the hopeless, and I think that's a very critical topic. Like Tim said earlier in the beginning of the hour— there is an epidemic of hopelessness today. And if you are suffering in that uh, situation right now, God bless you. We love you. We want to help you with this. I think the three W's and everything Tim and Kevin have shared so far have been phenomenal. And if you have missed any of this, I do recommend hearing it from the beginning. You can do that at MyFaithRadio.com. Check out the podcast. All right. I really appreciate the the, uh, the three W's and these great concrete illustrations, Kevin, that you gave. Um I know we've got a break coming up here in a, in a minute, so can we talk a little bit about
1: Romans eight twenty four some more? Absolutely. Now, hope is, that is seen is not hope. It, there is no power for who hopes for what he has he sees, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Mm. And to me, that's one of the key phrases that will help people understand what belief and faith in Jesus Christ is all about.
2: It's good. That's good. Yeah, and in fact, where I connect with that, uh, Bill and Kevin, is... Where, this is where my mind went. So God can give us way more than what we can ask or even imagine, right? And And so if hope isn't about seeing... In other words, seeing in the physical, it's, it is about seeing in the imagination of our faith. Mm. It is about seeing in the imagination of our faith. We have to imagine something that we cannot see. And it's that imagination, which I believe is actually an inspired imagination to give us an actual sense of a feel for even a picture of what is possible. And then when we see that picture and God gives us that picture, that image of what is possible, and we imagine that, and then we start acting on that through faith, and then actually acting it out through love. Now we've taken what cannot be seen,
1: and now we can see it. It's calling on the creative being that we're designed as his image. That's right.
0: Tim, I think you said something about activating your imagination. Yes. Well, we can also spend time visualizing things that happened that we never saw, Mm -hmm. like Jesus healing people walking That's on water, right. yes. raising Lazarus from the dead. That power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in us. Yeah, absolutely. So when we start to look at those scenarios and use our imagination to picture what that might have been like, mm-hmm. that can come alive in our hearts pretty fast. too. Yeah, right on. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. All right, we'll take a break and come right back. Um, Dr. Tim Walsh and Pastor Kevin Saunders are my guests. You can learn more about Kevin at linc.org, link.org. Kevin, give me uh, 20 seconds as to what the organization
1: does. So Link is a Christian nonprofit that focuses on empowering ministry leaders who are otherwise not seen by a community every day. So we take aspiring individuals who have some calling for God and help them refine, develop, maximize that idea, um, come up with a strategy, Uh, empower them with tools and resources that they need in order to go for it. And we're in seven cities across the nation.
0: Awesome. And Tim, your website at Northstar Regional Treatment and Recovery is what? That's at northstarregional.com. Northstarregional.com. And Tim is the Chief of Behavioral Health. We'll be right back with Tim and Kevin in just a minute.
1: Thanks for listening to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I'm Carmen Laburge. If you enjoy what you're listening to here, consider subscribing to other great Faith Radio podcasts like mine. Search Mornings with Carmen Laburge" at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts and hit subscribe. <music>
0: back with Dr. Tim Walsh and Pastor Kevin Saunders. We're talking today about having true hope, especially if you have been in a place of hopelessness. Maybe you're suffering there right now. So we're so glad you tuned in. We're going to kind of reflect for the next few minutes here on how society at large has tried to define us with a lot of ungodly things Mm. and how important it is to have our identity rooted in Christ and not budge from it.
1: Absolutely. That, that's one of the the, the, the things I see and going on every day as I encounter people all over the all over the state, all over the country. Is that um, their their identity is rooted in something that they saw on Facebook, something they saw on wow. TikTok, something they saw in in a book somewhere or a magazine. They have no context. And and here's a sad reality: our children, some of us who are believers, and our children are now young people, are shifting their understanding of who they are because they're feeding this monster, this informational monster that's out there. So I, I just think that if we pause and think about that part right there, how much bad information our society is getting, and like to understand the psychology behind that Tim how does that oh s- switching yeah. your identity around yeah oh, oh my goodness
2: yeah this could be a whole uh, show by itself uh, Bill which is so in social media what starts to happen is we start taking on a social self a virtual self and that virtual self is defined by making comparisons to other people. How do I compare to other people? And then I put forward my most ideal self, and other people are putting forth their ideal self, which is really like an avatar. It's a virtual self. And then people are responding to a person who is not really me. So even the likes that I get on social media, even the you know the groups that I become part of, aren't real. And then I start looking at the ideal part of other people's lives, and then I start feeling shame, and I start feeling inadequate of myself, and then. And I start then pulling in all this information from social media and I start defining that as a reality and that becomes a virtual reality that becomes like a bubble and I exist now within the social media bubble and that is the messages I start to get about myself. And now I'm getting ghosted, I'm getting fubbed, I'm getting, I'm actually getting canceled, whatever. And imagine how that then feels, especially for especially for young people, but for all of us and where you're going, Kevin is that we cannot define ourselves by social media we cannot define ourselves by comparison we cannot define ourselves by the by all the messages coming from media and social pressures we must get our identity from Christ in fact i want to say that uh, colossians 127 Christ in you that's the
1: hope of glory Christ in you is the hope of glory so i want to be more specific i want to just say it's a call to action for every believer in Christ Jesus to to stand and say the words rather than idly sit back and let these narratives continue to perpetuate themselves. Mm-hmm. We we have a role as believers in Christ Jesus, to really do something. And you know, I always I'm i I'm astonished where I hear people say, I I don't well I'm not called to be a pastor. I'm not called Absolutely, you're called to be a disciple of Christ Jesus. And if he tells you that this isn't right, this isn't according to my word, then just speak it. We we shouldn't be afraid to speak it. How do we get people back from that that edge, from the ledge, is that we literally start speaking it into their lives? That's not who you are. Mm -hmm. That's not where you belong. This is who you are. Let me show you God the Creator, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I just want to just say that that's something that we we believers, I don't see us doing that enough.
2: Mm. No, in fact, I'd go one step further. What starts to happen when you start reading the Bible and you start looking at it through the lens of that spiritual lens with 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 the Spirit of God inside of you, you start seeing that the Bible is real, This is real. And then you start saying, well, if it's real and I start acting this out, in other words, I start obeying what's in there, what happens? This is the act of faith, right? I start actually obeying and walking in the truth that I start reading there. And, of course, through the affirmation of what the Spirit of God is telling me, what happens? Well, I start to see things start to change in my life. I start to realize that that is real. I can't see everything that's in the Bible. But when I start acting on the truth of the Bible, what happens? What happens to, to my brain, to my body, to my life? Uh, Do I start getting this increase in hope as a result of acting in the right direction and acting on the truth? And I'm telling you, that's actually one of the best ways to blow through anxiety, to blow through depression and blow through the desperation we're talking through, which is to act upon the faith, which means to take a truth in the Bible,
1: act on it because you know it's true, and then see what happens. And I want to just say to you, this: that's a really great way. Activating Holy Spirit is what I want to talk about. We don't have to figure it out. Jesus tells us, I will send you a helper. I will send you a strong arm. I will send you a comforter. I will send you knowledge. He will explain all things. Activate Holy Spirit. Believers in Jesus, if we just activate Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. let Him speak. Don't worry about what's going to come out of your mouth. Just say, "Speak now, Holy Spirit."
0: <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. and God is a master of details. Mm-hmm. Just when you think that you're, you don't know how the details are going to come out, trust Him for the details.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's good. It's His plan. That's good.
0: Yeah, it's His plan, and it's they're His details. Yeah, and He's got He's got them covered
2: yeah i will i'll go even further on that when when reverend saunders talks about activate holy spirit uh i believe that that god will give you a sense at any given moment are you in the spirit or are you in the flesh Mm. am i in the spirit am i in the flesh like right now we could we could look and feel and sense right now that everybody in this room is in the spirit You, you know you're in the spirit And when you're not, you also know. If you just check and then you ask God to reveal that to you, you will know whether you're in the Spirit. When you act in the Spirit, see what happens. And when you're in the flesh, guess what? You stop. What do you do? You deny yourself. You pick up your cross. You follow Him, right? But you have to deny that. And then... Give your body over to God. That's what it means. Your, your body, your body self is His, and then you get back into the Spirit. Now you're in the moment. You're actually in love with the people that you're with, right? And then you see what happens after that. So when we use phrases like that, you know, um, I want to I wanna challenge us that it breaks down into reality. It breaks down into the real, which means right here, right now, with
1: you in this moment. And it's simply about a person having curiosity about Jesus, So if you are wondering right now what we're talking about, all you have to do is have sincere curiosity and say, Lord, reveal to me who you are. Activate Holy Spirit. I don't know what any of that means, but I'm trusting and I need you right now, Lord, to change my life.
2: And then, when it starts to happen, to recognize it when it's happening, and then receive
0: it. Absolutely, yeah, it's good. So good, gentlemen. Thank you for being here. This has been a wonderful hour. True hope for the hopeless has been our topic with Doctor Tim Walsh and Reverend Kevin Saunders. If you missed any of it, I always say, it's worth checking it out from the beginning. Always love having you uh, with me, Tim and Kevin. Great to see you both. Good to thank see you, too, Bill. Soon. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a very short break, and then when we come back, uh, Jeff Redorn is going to join me, and we are going to conclude our Who Is This Jesus series. We are on uh, episode number 19. It's been a beautiful long haul, and we're going to conclude today, and then Jeff will tell us uh, his next teaching. I'm also looking forward to that as well. So if you um, are thinking about walking with us during Holy Week and you have not signed up yet, still time to do it. You can walk with Jesus as he travels to the cross this Easter. You can join us for the Holy Week study, and that's available right now at myfaithradio.com. You probably knew that, didn't you? I didn't have to say myfaithradio.com, but I'll say it again myfaithradio.com. All right, we'll take a break and be right back with Jeff.